this can ever work. Not reach this point. I think I, I think I'm just going to share a little bit of, of where we've been the last few years, um, and there's a reason for that. You know, if we look at those words on the song on the street, it says, "God of my presence, God of my future, you write my story, you hold it all together." Now, now I'm going to say this to you quickly before I start to share. We don't understand what we sing at times. And we don't sing it with meaning, we don't sing it with passion, and we don't sing it with relax. We sing it because it's words on the screen. But I, but I want you to, to hear what I've got to say to you this morning. I'm probably going to just share a little bit of my testimony over the last two years. Is that alright with you? Um, I just think somehow I feel it's relevant to where some of you are right now, and I think some of you need to hear what I've got to say this morning. Um, and, and I'm really trusting God to change your heart. So it's not prepared, so just go for it. We're going to wing it, alright? But I, I, I'm going to share something with you this morning because there, there were always two verses in the Bible that I, that I really stick to in times of, of trouble, in times of, you know, of, of difficulty. The one is um, Psalm 37 verse 4, where the Word of God says, Fret not, for I will give you the desires of your heart. You know, and I've always coupled that one with Romans 8, 28, that God works all things for the good of those who love and believe in Him and who are called according to His purpose. Carl, great to see you guys here. Um, so just, it's amazing that just God does incredible things in our lives and through us. And at times, I think we don't understand what God is up to. Amen? We also don't understand God's timing. Good. You know, and, and it's such a difficult thing for us at times because at times we need to have the faith, especially being in the ministry, especially being in leadership and that kind of stuff. You know, we've got to have faith, a supernatural faith, because it's not just the average kind of faith that we need. But let me share with you quickly, and I'm going to get to the point where we are right now in, in, in our lives. But you've got to understand that COVID hit us, what is it, 20 months ago? I'm missing now March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. Okay, nearly 20 months. 20 months ago it hit us. You've got to understand something that when COVID hit us, you know, we were okay. We were good. I think we were, we were coping. The church was good. The church was full. Everything was great. COVID locked us down a couple of times. No church, 50 people, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, and you've got to, and I've said this to you before, within the first four months, you know, of COVID, we lost 60% of our income. So that's 120,000 rand a month gone. Um, so over the last 20 months, we lost nearly 240,000 rand, just, or 2.4 million actually, just gone. And it, it's tough because, you know, you still got to keep going. You still got to like, come on, you know, Lord, what is happening? Uh, where are we? What is happening in this process? Um, at the same time, and I don't know how many of you know this, at the same time, we got our first eviction notice out of this building. Um, the denomination that buyer from decided they want their building back. And so two years ago, just after COVID, we got our first eviction notice out of building. Even though we got a contract on the end of 2023, they dragged us to the High Court, we fought that for the first time, and then a few weeks ago, we got our third eviction notice <laughs> from the same denomination trying to get us out. So that court documents are now at the High Court. We opened that God's going to show some favor there and the judge. But I'm, sure, I'm going to share this with you because this has been our journey for the last two months, the last two years. You know, in this process, I lost my dad during COVID. I lost my, my favorite uncle during COVID. You know, we had so many things happen. Joshua came back from farming, you know, and uh, he was gutted. You know, his, his whole life he wanted to farm, he was just gutted when he had come back and, and been not involved in farming for two years. My daughter was in Prague 
and uh, they had been battling for just over two years to fall pregnant and they'd been to doctors and specialists and you name it all, you know. The Ford Ranger broke twice, you know, it's still broken. <laughs> because I'm picking up the other cars and I don't know what's going on, you know. But the car's broken, standing in the driveway, we'll probably they have a brass waist later with it or something. Um, but, it, but it's been an ongoing process of just paying bills every single month with the church, you know. We just get bills, money, we just get salary money every month. We started Hisco, we started off with a bang, and, and all of a sudden we're 18 months left of this lease and we know where we're we going to find 3 million, you know, to finish the building at Hisco. And so all these things you've got to understand, I wake up in the morning and all these crazy things are going through our heads, and, and while the crazy is going through our heads, I've still got to maintain what I believe in. I've still got to maintain that, yes, God is going to work all things for the good of those who love and believe in. I've got to stand on that promise. No matter how bad your circumstances look around me, no matter how bad your circumstances look, doesn't matter that like your life is falling apart or falling to pieces or, you know, whatever. I, I start to understand one thing with God is this, that my life has never fallen apart. It's always falling into place. And, and we don't understand, or I don't understand, how that sometimes works. Because sometimes, you know, it's, it's frustrating. And I started to realize something over the last few weeks and that. And I just want to read a scripture this morning that I've got. And I just want to, I'll carry on from there. But um, I want to read from uh, James chapter 3. And I want to um, read from verse 3. Listen to this. It says, Indeed, we put a bit in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and if we may turn their whole body. Indeed, we put the, um, the, the, the look at the ships. For though they are large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a small rudder wherever the pilot desires. And even so, the tongue is the little member and boasts great things. See how great the forest of a little fire is kindled. And the tongue is fire, and the world is this, this, and the world of iniquity. The tongue is set amongst our members, that he defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile creature and sin is tamed has become tamed by my hand. But no man can tame his tongue. It is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. That's how it explains our tongue. And that's crazy because 90% of what we go through is, what is, is a direct result of what comes out of our mouths. I've had to listen over the last few weeks and, you know, just the last two years really, it's been, you know, that Shaddam myself, we listen to the song called The Blessing. You guys know The Blessing. Lord bless you, Lord keep you. It's just something that prays permanently, raise hallelujah. Just something that prays permanently in the house because there are times, you know, when you, when you wake up in the morning, you know, and I was saying to him, I said to Kathy, the other day, I said, you know, I got to a place um, not so long ago where I just didn't want to get out of bed. You know, I didn't want to face the court case. I didn't want to face the bank balance that is low. I didn't want to face the fact that my daughter was pregnant and this and the schools and churches are closed and the whole drama. It's like, it becomes too much. Now, let me tell you a secret. It's not your burden to carry. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> that hearing aid's obviously working outside, eh? <laughs> but it's true. It's not our burden to carry. The word of God actually says, cast your burdens unto Jesus because He cares. Yes. You see, now the thing is this, that often we cast our burdens unto Jesus, but what destroys our life is this, yeah. is the very things that we speak. We are constantly believed that we need to be in competition with everybody, 
Some our churches actually believe that we need to be in competition with each other. Some our pastors don't speak to each other because the one's got a bigger church than the other church. It's ridiculous. It's like we serve the same God. You know, it's, it's like we, we build a kingdom. We're not building my kingdom, we're building his kingdom. And if the church can't come together, if the pastors can't come together, how, well, why are we even doing a burn for our city? Why are we even praying for the elections? Why are we doing this stuff? Are, are we just doing stuff for the sake of it? No, I think God's going to bless it. And I'm not saying this wasn't prayed about. You hear what I'm saying here? What I'm saying is we cannot do stuff for the sake of doing stuff and hopefully we'll get better. We've got to change the way that we see God. We've got to change the way that God deals in our life. We've got to allow God to be God in every aspect of our lives. You see, there was a movie I watched many years ago, and I think it was Eddie Murphy was in it, and I can't remember the word, uh, or the movie's name. But I remember his, his son made a wish. And I don't think you guys can remember, but there was this tree in the backyard. And say, for example, the tree had a thousand leaves on it. For example. And every time he spoke words, leaves fell off the tree. And yesterday when I was sitting with this, was thinking about the sermon, I do not go this way, but thinking about the sermon, I thought, what happens if our words were limited? What happens if you only got 500 words a day? I've done nearly probably 70 funerals in the last two years. You know what the saddest thing is? That everyone's got something nice to say about the person when they're in the box. But they get to tell that person what they really were before they eat the boss. How many times have I sat and stood up here and I've watched broken kids and broken moms and broken dads, hey, weeping? Why? You can see there's just this unfinished business that was never dealt with. It was that sorry that was never said. It was that please help me that was never asked for. And we don't understand how God works and we don't understand when God works. But I've got to say this to you, my faith has to be in Him, and it has to be an unshakable uh, 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 belief in Him. You know, there's a lot of songs that sing Sunday school, the wise man built his house upon the rock. Remember all those songs? The winds came up and the floods came down, what a, I don't know if that goes. But he says, then he speaks about the guy that built his house upon the sand. And the storms came and washed the house away and it was destroyed. And over the last two years, I had to learn something that I've got to trust God. You see, I've got to trust God for my desires and my needs. You see, there's a story that goes there. He writes my story. He holds it all together. How many of us try and change God's story of our lives? How many of us don't understand that all we need to be is worshippers? That all we need to do is people that are madly in love with God. People that understand God's call and God's purpose upon our lives. You know, in two years, I, at one stage, I said to Shultown, it's for the first time in 21 years that I really thought that my ministry was over. I was out God, for 21 years, I'm going to be meeting in a tent outside, you know, the church building's gone, no, what are we going to do? I'm going to have to start paying off my staff. You know, who knows what I'm talking about? I mean, as human beings, we don't, we don't, we don't just think bad. I don't know if you're like me. We go to the extreme, right? Like, like if somebody's just an hour late, I see the car rolled against the barrier with a mountain that has fallen on it, and some guy trying to creep up. Just because that's me. I always got this worst case scenario in my life. And I'm not the only one, but he's just smiling at me. But <laughs> always got the worst case scenario, especially with our kids. You know? We've always got the worst case scenario, but we don't have the faith 
and the trust in God to really believe that He's the God of the impossible. That He's the God that can turn things around in a heartbeat. But you've got to understand something. God will not turn things around until your attitude and your heart is changed. Now listen to me, when Romans 8, 28 says that God works all things for the good of those who love and believe in Him, the Word doesn't say that God's going to give you everything that you want. That God says He works things. You know what that means? He's working on us. He's not working on the situation. He's working on us. Because often the situation isn't the problem. Our attitude is the problem. Because we think, well, where's this going to come from? Are we going to run to the bank? Are we going to do this? Are we going to get another loan? Are we going to get an overdraft? Oh, we need another house. And we can never just sit and trust God for what God needs to do in our lives. And I thought about this. Fishing during COVID. And I watched people in this church. How you think they thought that you were going through the worst thing in the world. And yet in the process... God healed you. That in the process, there was this boldness that came upon you. That in the process, I started to understand something that I don't always need to understand why God is doing what He's doing. I just need to understand that He's the one that is doing it. You know, in, 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 the, last, in the last 18 months, like I said, the last 18, the last, geez, the last 18 months, it felt like our world was falling apart. And yet, every time I spoke to God, it was just like this. There wasn't an issue with the, the message. There wasn't an issue with church. There wasn't an issue with worship. You know, I said to the elders, man, you know, we're doing good now. The worship is good and the word is good. And like, I just don't understand the process where God has got us right now. And I still don't understand the process. But I'm a lot more comfortable in the process. I'm a lot more comfortable knowing that God's thoughts towards me are good. The word says that it's thoughts towards me are to prosper me. And not to harm me, to give me a hope and a future. And how many of us really understand that? That God really wants to give you a hope and a future. You see, we just constantly make bad decisions the whole time and we act out of desperation instead of coming out of His presence. Now listen to me. Most of you act out of desperation instead of coming out of His presence. Most of you sitting here are overdrawn on all your credit cards. Why? Because you acted out of desperation. How many of you this week got a phone call saying, oh, we want to increase your credit limits? Hey? I think just about everybody in this room, because they phoned me like 18 times. I don't know if they think I'm poor, but they keep phoning me. And it's something, we want to give you this, and we want to give you this, and we want to give you this. So Dali would do it and say, it's very painful, but thank you very much. No. Why? Because that's what the devil does. He will bring things across your path that look like a solution, but it's not a solution it puts you deeper into a situation. You see, whenever we want to make temporary decisions for a permanent thing, we're going to make mistakes. But when we want to make permanent decisions here, it will last forever. I, um, the last week, just, I just stand back because, you know, when God does something, it feels like He does everything at once. I don't know if it's just to me or you, but it, it does. It's just like it comes through for us. And you know, again, we said to you before, yes, we're still in battle in this, this court thing of our documents in, and we're trusting God for a miracle there. Yes, we haven't got finance for Pisco, but we know that God's going to provide. We haven't missed salaries yet, you know, so we praise God for that. So when we look at that kind of stuff, everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. 
And in the last six weeks, Thomas, I've just stood in awe of God. We stood in awe of how good God has been to us. Let me explain to you quickly that, you know, I, I didn't have money to fix my ranger. And somewhere along the, the, somewhere along the line, God provided. You know, my son has been dreading farming. He wanted to farm God's chickens. He's been so frustrated in town. Yesterday they left to a beautiful hunting lodge in Cookhouse. Get my baby with it. <laughs> you know? And so I sit back and so if you guys don't know, please don't bug to tell myself next two weeks we're going to be on honeymoon. Um, <laughs> we've got no kids at home. We are in our 30s now, so. Um, <laughs> but just like that, you know? And, and I look at and I look at Helen May, I look at Rainbow, and I think, oh God, they needed to be here for this to happen. They needed to be here. All I said to God was one simple question. Listen to this. I said to God, God, I don't care if Joshua Evica's farming it back. But, and I don't call Joshua this because he's in the microphone. <laughs> but, but, but I had this little thing with God and said to God, if he does go farming again, please just give me six months with Ella before she goes. Which he turned seven months on the dot, Joshua signed the contract. And that's all we wanted. All we wanted was don't crush the dog, you make us all cry. <laughs> that's all we wanted. All of a sudden, he's living out his dream. My daughter, two and a half years fighting to fall pregnant, been to doctors, been to medication, been, they decide to give up. Six weeks later, she's pregnant. You know, the grandchild coming, we can go visit her in November, we can have two weeks, we can drop. You know something, that's crazy, my daughter's pregnant with the second child, and I've never seen her pregnant. <laughs> because they live in Europe, you know, and so we're dating them now. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you this because I'm boasting. I'm telling you this because I want to say to you, there is still hope in your situation. There is still hope in what it is that God desires of you. Are we worried about what the future looks like? Absolutely. But you know what? I've got to say that. I've got to turn around that this good voice again and says, He writes my story. He holds it all together. He holds it all together. And even when our worlds feel like they're falling apart, even when our worlds feel like they're collapsing, the word of God says, be careful. He says, because life and death is in the town. And I've realized why they take me 18, 19 months to get to where I am, because I had no control over this thing in my mouth. And I'm not speaking about foul language from that. Do you know something? I think if we preached as much as we gossiped, I think the world would be saved by now. <laughs> like if we told people about Jesus instead of telling them about our neighbor, okay? or about our boss, or about how horrible our kids are. Can you imagine if we told them about Jesus instead of telling them always about our problems? The world would be saved. I think the world looks at us as Christians and go, you serve Jesus, I don't. I don't know, I see better off than you do. Because whenever they speak and they tell you about their car and their house, whenever we speak to you, are like, oh, you know, it's like rough, really hard. <laughs> and yet, we have this King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Right? The Savior of the world that is here to take care of us, to bless us, to, to meet every need in our lives. And the word carries on, and, and that's where the word says, they're very important. Um, when it says here, um, verse 10 says, out of the same love receives blessings and curses, brethren, these are not to be so. And so James writes, he says, God, as believers, this negative stuff should not be coming out of your mouth. Why? Because the word of God says, from the overflow of the 
the map. Do you want to know the condition of your heart? Listen to what comes out of your mouth. If it's me, I, me, I, me, I, me, I, well then you've got pride. Let's think about it. If all you want to do is tell it about someone else, then you've got a problem. You know, I realized something the other day, speaking to Chantal, I said, you know Chantal, I've got the place at the moment where I'm really not into useless information. I actually don't need to know what happened in people's lives. I don't need to know where Harry and Meghan are living right now. You know, or how the Queen is coping without Philip. You know, it's, it's really useless information to me. It really is. But you know what? We get so engrossed in the stuff that most of you are, not you, but most of you <laughs> are living a Facebook life. Yes. Yes. I tell you something, eh? I tell you something, if I, was a, if I was an assassin, and you guys would be the easiest targets. I know when you guys get massages, I know when you guys eat, I know when you guys leave the home, I know what your kids look like, I know what your dogs look like, I know when you're on holiday, I know when your house is empty, I will find you. And it's a crazy thing, but there's this world that we're living in. And I see so many people and they're on Facebook and I essentially go, wow, they're really doing well. And then I meet them in person and they just start killing each other. And like, are these the same guys on Facebook? <laughs> you know, please Jesus, hallelujah. Vitaz, you've got to loosen around the husband's neck. <laughs> and drives me mad because we live in someone else's world. And Chantal said to me one day, she said to me, Kurt, why are you giving people permission to look into the window of your life for what? Why? Why put everything out there? Why, why do people need to know what my grandmother looks like or whatever, or whatever it looks like? And we do this, and look, I'm saying to you, be careful of this. Be careful of this. Because let me tell you something, this will destroy you. I've been to so many fights. There's my mother, I know. I was an arrogant little mom when I grew up. Alright? I was cheeky, I was rebellious. And I said many things I shouldn't have said. But I also realized that what I was saying was giving direction to my life. You know that when we call our kids stupid, guess what? They end up stupid. You know, I, I've got parents that, I've got parents that look at other little babies and go, no, he's different. <laughs> the kid's like six months old, he's different. You know, like, by the way, Jackson, guys, Terrence, there he goes, little baby boy on Friday. Yeah. 2.6 kgs, 49 centimeters, congratulations to them. New baby, we've got like 18,000 babies for church right now. Yeah. <laughs> I hope my baby's hard. Um, no joking. But you know something, it's, I, I want to get this to you because I started to understand something, that the more time I spend with God, the more I start to hear the Holy Spirit. Now, 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 I don't want to carry on with this because let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is our guide. He's our source. He gives us direction. He gives us purpose. He, he releases the things of heaven into our lives. He releases the blessings of heaven into our lives. The problem is that we get so distracted, and I was, and I'll be honest with you, I was so distracted with this mountain of issues that I was sitting with, that the more I focused there, the less I found myself focusing there. 
And yet the word of God says that is different. The word of God says that if we do this and give all our attention to Him, that which is there now becomes His problem. Do you know when you walk out? I was I was on the farm on Monday night, and um, I, I just I just walked out. You know when you have that that aha moment in your life, and I walked out, and for the first not the first time, but for the first, but I just stood there and I just looked around me, and I thought to myself, man, you know something, God, you're so good, you're so good to me, you've answered every single prayer that I have, every single desire that I have. And then I stood and I thought, are you really appreciative? You know? And I just stood there for a minute and I just like, looked around and I thought like, wow, God, you are absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I just went ice cold because I started to see that the things that I've been struggling with for 18 months, God was in control of them all the time. And I stood there thinking, God, how much time and effort and tears and worries and stress, you know, did you put yourself through? Because if you truly believe that God works all things for the good, you would truly believe that He has. And it's a challenge for all of us. We're also going to face difficult times. We're also going to face, you know, hardship coming our way. But I needed to share this with you this morning because it's been a torrid time. I, I spent uh, on, on, on Friday, my mom and myself spent four hours in the car together. Four hours, you mother, a long time. No, joking. <laughs> but, it's, but it was so good that we could, we could just chat and we could just connect and just share our hearts with each other. And, and, and you know, so often we, we're thinking the same stuff, but we don't want to say it because, you know, maybe it sounds cruel, maybe it sounds horrible, or, or what's happening. But I started to realize something that the most important thing is like is that we start to get back to this and we start to get back to this. Yeah. And when I speak about getting back to this, I'm speaking about meaningful relationships. Not, hey you, how's it? See you in church. No, someone says, how are you? We say, fine. We don't even answer. We don't even communicate well. And we've got to be so careful that we need to be in a place in this country of ours and we need to be in a place in the church of ours that we speak life and not death. We speak life and not death. Now, and I don't know why I'm sharing this with you this morning, but there's somebody here that, you know, some of you guys want to give up. And yes, it's been a hard 18 months. And yes, it's been a difficult 18 months. And, and yes, we don't know if we're going to make it. And marriages have fallen to pieces and, and everything has turned upside down. And, and people have had babies and people haven't had babies and all this crazy stuff that is happening around us. And yet I need to say to you this morning, you're a son and daughter of God. That it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what the enemies throw at you. I want to say this, God is going to work for the good in your life. But you see, God can only work things for the good in your life is when you come to a place of repentance. And I'm not speaking about your sins. I'm speaking about repentance for doubting Him. Repentance for questioning God. Repentance sometimes for not understanding what God is doing. And I've started to realize that the further, the more things that come my way, the closer I get to Him, the less of a burden these things are to carry. We're going to make it. We're going to be okay. We're going to be good. But God, what God said this morning, Learn this lesson. 
Be careful of this. Be careful of what we speak. Be careful of who we speak about. Be careful of what we declare and prophesy over our lives. Life and death is in the tongue. We speak death. You know, I remember people saying, I'm so sick of being poor. Well, you're going to be poor for the rest of your life. You know, I'm so sick of car trouble. You're going to probably have trouble for the rest of your life. That's just the way it is. And instead of speaking life, saying, Father, I don't know what's happening right now, but I'm going to trust and believe and rely and depend upon you. And it actually doesn't matter how long this takes because I know you control. You know how hard that is? Do you know that hard it is to say, God, your time is perfect and I'm just going to step back? Because we in society that wants our stuff instantly, we can have food instantly, we warm up our food instantly, we want answers instantly, and all the big mistakes I've made were made instantly. And I'll pray for you. And I don't know what you're going through right now, but I want to tell you there's one place that you can solve your problems, and it's in the presence of God. Listen to me. If it's your marriage, if it's business, if it's family, if it's your kids, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm standing here today as a father that felt that my world was falling to pieces, that my kids' lives were falling to pieces, and 18 months later I'm telling you and I'm standing here and I'm telling you guys how good God has been. Let me tell you something. He's probably answered every prayer that I've had, and it all came in two, three weeks. But you know what the thing was? That persistence in trusting Him. Persistence in trusting Him. Persistence in trusting Him. And having good men around you. Yes. They always give me carrots. They don't let me get depressed. Stephen will call me out on it. The devil will call me out on it. It's good to have men that when you do get down, they can hold up your arms at times. And I think it's so important that we find mentors. We find people that we can speak to. We find people that are up with, on, the, on the ledge or whatever. Those things are important. Those things are important to have that conversation, meaningful conversations. But I want to close with this. Have your meaningful conversations with God. Because he's the only one that can turn your situation around right now. It's not the bank, it's not the World Health Organization, it's not Barack Obama, it's not Cyril Ramaphosa, it is not a political party, it is God that can turn things around. You see, we always put our hope in other things. We put our hope in a house and a bank manager and a lovely wife and good kids and a car and, you know, um, you know overclock facilities and credit. We put our hope in those things. And yet, everything leads to destruction at the end of the day. And I know there's a lot of you going through some stuff today. I know there's a lot of you saying, I don't know if I want him. I don't know if you want him to stay married. I don't even know if I want this life. I don't even know where I want to be right now. I don't know what's happening in my finances. I don't know what's happening in my job situation. I want to say this to you. Psalm 37 verse is, fret not. Fret not. For I will give you the desires of your heart. But you see, there's one thing I'm going to say this, and I'm landing the wheels out. That God will give you the desires of your heart if your desires are His desires. You see, when you spend time with God and His desires become your desires, it's easy for God to give you the desires of your heart. You see, but when we want to dictate to God what our life needs to look like, there's an issue. I've got to a place in my life where I said, you tell the other, I said, Baby, whatever happens now happens. God's got this. Amen. God's got this. And I know He's not going to leave me and He's not going to forsake me. And you know, I'm going to have a service in the tent, in the park, and I'm going to have a service tent in the park. Amen. You know, I, 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 it doesn't affect me anymore. It doesn't, I can't worry about this stuff. I don't sleep at night as it is. Now I'm going to add worries to it. 
and I've just decided I don't want to worry about stuff anymore. No, it's not worth it. You know what they say, 90% of the things you worry about never happen. Can we stand? I know there was a little different thing here this morning, but I just really felt I just needed to share a little bit of Hey, God's good. Hey, he writes my story. He holds it all together. And I'm going to tell you now, church, God is writing your story. Is that you there? I didn't see you guys before. But God is writing your story right now. Come on. How many of you guys have had miracles in the last 18 months? Hey, look at it. Yeah, we've seen miracles over the last 18 months, all of us, and yet we doubt God. Now we're going to take up a miracle offering. <laughs> <laughs> Take it apart.